Oh, welcome everybody to the Sports Predictor Podcast. I'm your host, Al Walsh. We're brought to you by SportsPredictor.com, where professional bettors share their best plays. Get the winning edge by subscribing to the Sports Picks packages from long-term winning bettors. Once again, that's SportsPredictor.com. On today's episode, we've got the dynamic duo of Matthew Davidow and Ed Miller, co-authors of the book, The Logic of Sports Betting. Welcome to the show, gents. Hey, how you doing? Doing great. So, you know, as a writer myself, I'm, I'm so interested in, you know, how the process of a book goes here. What was that like for you guys? Any challenges? Any new things that you found uh, within that? So this is Ed. I've been writing books for a while now. This was actually my 10th book. Oh, wow. So, you know, from the writing perspective, it's something that I, I love to do. And so, you know, that part was almost the easy part. <laughs> this, this is Matt. This was uh, my first book. You know, I probably wrote a good six or seven percent of it. Uh, it's funny when I, we first started writing the book, I turned in my pieces to Ed and he would tell me, uh, no, we can't use that. <laughs> no, we can't use that. By the end, he actually kept some of my stuff. So I was pretty proud of myself. Very cool. I have no idea, you know, what the, the timetable is like for you guys, but any other books on the way? Um, not, not imminently, but you know, we kind of talked about it. I mean, our original concept for a book was actually slightly different. It was a little more in the weeds, uh, a little more math, a little more kind of, a little more advanced topics. And, and, uh, you know, if this book does well, if people like it and we get a lot of feedback and, uh, you know, I could see us, you know, maybe, maybe going ahead with that project. We put, we put tons and tons and tons of time into this book and it was great time. It was a lot of fun and, you know, we really, you know, it was good to put it all together, but to, to think about this size project again seems tough. I was, right. just joking. I was just joking with Ed before the call. I said, well, maybe the next book we'll see if Tom Brady's Ghost Raider is available. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, hey, you know, anything anything that you could do to get it going. So let's talk about it. In your book, you break down sports betting uh, for the everyday man. You know, to, to the non-readers out there that are going to be listening to this interview, what what advice would you give to, to somebody that doesn't really like to take advice? So that's a little bit of a tricky question. I mean, the the main thing that I would say, you need to, one way or the other, if you want to bet sports in, in any serious way, you have to understand kind of where the lines come from, how they get made, how they move, why they move, you know, what causes them to be where they are. Because to me, you know, whenever I hear somebody like who's like a recreational better or, or doesn't really talk about what you know, know, know exactly what they're doing. I always hear fallacies about where lines come from, you know, from them. And, they, you know, it, their whole logic ends up getting thrown off because they're basing it on a concept of where that number comes from that's just not right. Mm -hmm. And so and, and then everything comes from there. So everything, you know, all their logical conclusions are all wrong, too, because it's all based on, you know, an incorrect understanding of, of where lines come from. So, you know, in at certain times, you guys bring up price and a lot of different things like that. Uh, do you guys, are you out there betting a ton at different books? Do you have guys that have different accounts of books? How does that work for you guys? So we're actually kind of transitioning to uh, become a sort of a more uh, infrastructure piece of the sports betting industry. We're starting a business that is um, producing in-play live feeds. So it's on the betting side, you know, we we don't really have much going on right now, mm -hmm. um, personally. I, I, I bet in Nevada, and I definitely, you know, if I want to take the Falcons tonight, I would rather have three than two and a half. Right. I, I mean, I, honestly, I mean, I know this, like, it sounds fairly obvious, but, like, when we talk about price, it's mainly comes down, it comes down to that. And, you know, I certainly have an account in all the Nevada, you know, the Nevada books. And if I 
go to make my bet, I go to look for the best price. And that's, I mean, particularly, I mean, you talk about the, going back to your last question about advice for people that don't want advice. And mm-hmm. a lot of this is, you know, sport, this is entertainment. I mean, the amount of people that are making their living, like doing any kind of betting, let alone sports betting, maybe there's more of them on this podcast than the general public, but also those people tend to take advice. Uh-huh. I would say have fun, figure out what your fun is. Is it, I'm just going to go to the bar and bet the Eagles and root for Carson Wentz. Well, then do that and don't sweat it. If you're going to try to, you know, if the fun isn't trying to analyze it to win, well, then do that. And I mean, the easiest way to do that is sign up accounts, collect the bonuses, you know, look for the best lines. So, all right. So I was listening to a couple of your previous uh, interviews out there and I, we got something in common. We both come from the DFS field. How, how do you guys take that? And I, I know you guys dealt with poker in the past as well. How do you sort of take your experiences from that and, and apply it to betting? Well, I mean, this is, you know, me, Matthew, I've always been, you know, in more, more, more on the sports side of things. Uh, we had, me and Ed had a ton of fun. The, uh, the one, the one year where the DFS really took off. So they did all the marketing and all the contests and. Couldn't miss you know, it. Wrote, Couldn't miss it. Yeah. <laughs> you really couldn't miss it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, honestly, the DFS was the most fun in any game. I mean, I've, I've been gambling for what 22 years now and the, the dfs was easily easily the most fun i ever had those were the best sweats i remember kyle schwarber hit a home run for one of my big baseball contests i they sent me a bat i still have the bat in nice. our office and, i mean every time i see that bat all i remember is how much fun i had with it but, <laughs> yeah. no, it's interesting though because I mean I feel like with DFS you put so much time and, and so much research into everything because essentially you know you're betting on whether nine human beings as opposed to you know just betting on one team to do well so yeah I mean I, I definitely loved you know the research aspect of it but you know moving over to the sports betting side I, I feel like it's a little easier to do the research do you feel that way to me here's there's, there's kind of a key in both areas that I think is a little bit under the radar for both both uh, DFS and sports betting. And, and it has something in common and it has uh, something different. So so with both DFS and sports betting, kind of the, the way most people approach it is, oh, I'm going to get the stats. I'm going to kind of analyze the players, analyze the sport. I'm going to look for, you know, angles and all this stuff. And from my perspective, you know, most of the people who take that approach don't really quite quite get there they don't really quite get to the point where they're winning not that what they're doing is bad or wrong it's just that a there's a lot of competition a lot of people are trying to do the same thing and b to me there's a metagame to both of these things right so so my angle on the dfs was never about oh i'm gonna project the players better than everyone else that was never ever ever my approach not from day one so from day one my approach was i tried to attack the gpp tournaments the ones with the big prize pool yep you know and those are the ones that have, you know, that basically the, your your goal is to finish first place in those things. Yeah, your right? goal isn't to get the most points, it's to beat right. the other people. Right. Your goal is to finish first place. That's where all the money is. And you don't have to get the most points. So what you have to do in that game, actually, is you have to try to capture, I called it event space. But basically, you have to think about everything possible that could happen that in that night's games. And then you have to think about what are other people going to be betting on. And then you have to just bet on something else. Yeah, that's really that's really the key idea. Is more the key idea to the DFS was more you know less like oh let me analyze all the players and more like just 
trying to get in your head a visualization of, you know, and it's hard because there's, you know, 10,000 lineups, there's zillions of different players. Some of the players, you know, specifically because they're there every night. Some of the players are just kind of like the mass of newbie players or whatever. But you have to kind of model in your head what are all of them going to be betting on with tonight's games? You know, what are, what, what are they going to find attractive? What are they going to kind of be predicting? And then just find something that's plausible, you know, that could happen. You don't want to bet on, like, Tigers hitting, you know, 25 runs off of Verlander. But think of something, oh, well, this is plausible. This could happen. The Blue Jays could go off against against this guy or, or whatever. And then you kind of put your bets there. So that, that was the key idea uh, for success in DFS. And honestly, in sports betting, I think the key idea is pretty similar. I think the key idea is more thinking about not thinking so much about like, well, what is the public going to be on? Oh, everyone's going to be on the Eagles this week. Cause I think that's, I don't think that's a very useful idea, but what I do think is useful idea is there's lines on, on everything. Now there's, you know, it's not just like a game spread. You can bet, on, slugging percentage. You can bet on slugging percentage, <laughs> right? You can bet on, you can bet on, you know, player props. You can bet on team props, game props. You can bet on, you know, quarters and halves. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of like, little details and logic to that. I mean, I mean, this is kind of a dumb example, but like there was a team in the WNBA last year that tried to lose every tip off they, on purpose. They would like just run out, run the other direction at the opening tip off. Right. So every single game, you know, who's going to win the opening tip off in that game. Well, what if you could bet the first quarter, you know, you know, who's getting that first possession. Right. So it's, it's just little stuff like that. And, and to me, like that's certainly the easiest way to go about attacking sports betting is sure. like look at the stuff that not everyone's looking at. Look at just the kind of throwaway stuff that these operators are putting up, you know, that maybe they haven't fully thought through. With DFS becoming such a you know major part of I guess sort of betting culture uh, there over the last few years, do you feel like that kind of got people and I, not even not necessarily people, but like governments and officials and things like that. Do you feel like that kind of like massaged them up to the idea of sports betting a little? I mean, you know, I don't I don't know exactly all the politics of it. I think I mean, I know New Jersey for a long time had been fighting for for sports betting My and home state. It, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I mean, I mean, I knew they wanted it. They wanted it for a long time. And, you know, and they made a legal argument that that federal law was unconstitutional. I agree with them. I agreed with them the whole way. And thankfully, from my perspective, the Supreme Court saw it the same way. I think that's all it was. I think it was the appetite for legal sports betting had been there for a long time. And there was just this federal law that was kind of in the way. There wasn't the political will to, you know, overturn that law. And I don't know how all that stuff works, but that that's what I think happened really is that is that people had already come around on it years and years ago and certainly DFS helped I'm sure I think DFS made the government think about it I think it made certain legislators think about wait a second if people want to do this and we can get a big chunk out of it we being you know the taxpayers the you know the the the, the state right. maybe this is a good idea I think it I do think it really put the idea in the heads more like I don't think it would have affected New Jersey's case. And this is way out of my expertise. But I don't think it would have affected New Jersey's case. But I think what it did was it made some of these other states act much faster to try to to try to pass sports betting after after that. Case. You know, and again, and this is not my expertise either, but like kind of the last time they, the big wave of sports betting laws came in, I mean, it was associated with the mafia. 
<laughs> right? And then and then DraftKings comes. DraftKings ain't the mafia, right? So I think you know the DraftKings FanDuel, you know, kind of it kind of was like, a, oh, this is not branded sports yeah, betting in a much better exactly, way. Exactly, exactly. It's like this is legit. You know, this is not. Right, so I, I think I think maybe that made a pretty big difference. Yeah. All, right. All right, let's step away from the political game. Let, let's get back to uh, what you guys know best. What sports do you guys typically deal with the most? Do you find that there's a certain advantage on certain ones as opposed to others? I think football is the one certainly we've we've done the most work on. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, all, all the major American sports for sure. You know, baseball, basketball. Right. All right. All right. Um, now when, you know, bookmakers, you know, they're, they're making their lines, uh, you know, finding flaws in the market there. Uh, what, what's something that you guys typically do to, to, to gain an advantage, uh, in your sort of situation? So the book talks about this again, the book's called the logic of sports betting. And the book talks about this kind of in depth, which is, you know, the first thing you have to understand is, is where the lines come from, how they get made. And, and I think it's a little bit of a, I, I guess a myth or something to say that bookmakers are spending most of their time, you know, analyzing games or, you know, that, that's really not what bookmakers do, you know, on in the main. First of all, they have to make, I mean, how many lines do they make on a daily basis, right? So they make, I mean, think about a college basketball Saturday and there's a hundred games, right? Yeah. And they got lines on every game. And then nowadays that's not enough. They need, you know, half times for every game. They need first halves for every game. They need quarter best for every game. They need player props on like, you know, 15, 20 games. They need, you know, I mean, we're talking thousands and thousands of lines and then they got to do it all the next day. So they're not really doing work to come up with those lines on a daily basis. What they're doing is, is, is it's a market. So they're putting up and they meaning, you know, really, you know, one or two main books is putting up a line. And they let people bet. And then when people bet, they move the line. And then when people stop betting, that's kind of, quote unquote, the market line at that point. And and then there's a basically a a distribution and copying process from there there on. Now, it's a little more complicated than that. And again, we go into it in more detail in the book. Right. But, you know, these the lines come from bettors. Bettors create the lines, not the books really so much. As far as what we actually do, which may be more interesting, we built like super complicated models where we break down, you know, the, the, the American sports that we cover, we break them down to a very granular level. And now this isn't so much about quote finding an edge because where we're, you know, where, where we're currently working on, which is in play, there's not really a market for it. So like there's, if we wanted to, if we had a legal way of doing so, which we don't, there's not really a way to bet in play American sports in America. It's coming. And what we're really doing right now is working on the solution to the problem of why can't you bet in play sports in America? So that's what we're actually working on as far as finding the edge. How would I recommend somebody win at betting? I know it sounds stupid. <laughs> I tell them to collect bonuses and look for good lines. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't think that like handicapping a game is, you know, a very worthwhile way to win. Now, handicapping the game can be a lot of fun, you know, and this goes, you know, a little bit, you know, deeper, you know, into the question. And, you know, as an aside, one of the things I always like to think about as far as sports and teams, this could potentially help the way uh, with handicapping or the way the way we think about sports is what's the team's goals? What's the owner's goals? What's the GM's goals? What's the coach's goals? And the more we know about those goals, the more we can determine 
what they're really after, the more we're going to be able to line up, you know, certain likely outcomes, especially when it comes to, you know, futures markets, et cetera. Jumping ahead to a later question, I'm going to uh, I'm going to steal it from you. Sure. Talking about, you know, NBA, you know, NBA turnover. You're really talking about betting futures there. When you think about an NBA future, I mean, think about what happens every single year in the last two months of the season. Half the team start trying to lose, more or less. So thinking about those things going in and which teams are likely to do that, which which teams aren't, you know, is are the Giants trying to build a brand? Are the Giants trying to win games this year? Or are the Giants going for most Super Bowls in the next 10 years? To me, trying to answer that question can, can give us a lot of light on maybe a good futures bet on them for this year. Now, when you guys were talking about in-play betting, right, that's live betting, correct? Correct. Now, your your model that you have there, you said that that's, you know, that's something that's going to uh, that's going to be beneficial. I mean, how, how, like, how exactly do you guys find the, I guess, the loopholes in there to, to make that a worthwhile bet? Because, I mean, we were just talking about NBA for a little bit. I mean, a team could jump out to a 10 nothing run and then get, you know, run out of the gym by 20 points at the end of the game. I don't know. What, what do you feel is the most beneficial thing in live betting? So we are, so just to, just to be clear, our background is that we're we're building a company that's that's uh, aiming to make live lines for sports books, okay. and 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 the the way the way in play betting work is there's basically a, a, a line feed. So here's your sports book, sports book X Y Z. You got an account in New Jersey, whatever, mm-hmm. you know. And then it's a basketball game, and they're showing you a line. Well, where does that line come from? It's generally speaking, it is not the actual sports book operator that's really creating that line in, in real time. They're, they may shade it. They may have an influence on what that line is. They may have an opinion about, you know, whether they want one team or the other to be slightly higher or lower priced. But the, the bulk of that line, the bulk of the work that goes into creating that line on a second-by-second real-time basis happens from third-party companies. So there's basically third-party companies that put together data feeds of in-play, streaming in-play lines to sportsbooks you know, really around the world. How do those third-party companies make the lines? Well, it's it's a complicated answer, but part of what they do is they have a model. So they have a, a you know, a mathematical model, and then they have people that operate that model and kind of monitor the game, take in information about the game in real time. They have a model that says, okay, well, if a team's up by 10 points now and they were a seven-point favorite before the game, well, the line should be X, right? And that's how the model works. It's, it's math. It's a math model. Those models go uh, in the book. You know, we, we talk about three major ways that they make errors when they produce those lines. So the first major way is they just get the game state wrong. They get the score wrong. So if I'm making a line, you know, 1237 left in the second quarter, right? I need to know what's the score, who has the ball. If it's football, I need to know what's the yard line, what's the down and distance. If it's basketball, you know, I need to know, you know, who has the ball, what's the score, possibly how many team fouls there are, whatever. If I get any of that information wrong, and remember, I'm getting that information essentially as another data feed. Some human somewhere is typing that information in. That's the bottom line. You know, if I get the wrong information, I'm going to make the wrong line. That's (laughs) it's as easy as that. And and I'll tell you that happens a whole lot. So in these in these feeds, a lot of the lines are made with the wrong game state information. So if you can basically build a system that detects when they're doing that, it's 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 really easy to tell when they've got it wrong. So the second major mistake they make is that they don't take game information into account. So 
the the way lines get made, as I said, the most basic way is they say, okay, what was the pregame line? Minus seven. What's the score now? Team's up 10. How much time's left? Whatever, right? And then you've got a mathematical model that turns that into a line. But none of that takes into account what's actually happened since the, the, the game started. Have there been any injuries? Is one team, you know, really outperforming the other beyond what the score says? Are they playing fast or slow? Faster or slower than, you know, they were expected to play before the game. Are they, you know, there's any number of things that can happen. Or in baseball, I mean, baseball is a huge one. Who's pitching? Who'd they bring in to pitch? Did Steven Strasburg go out in the second inning with an injury? Did, you know, whatever, right? So there's a lot of stuff that happens once the actual game starts that all matters. And, and and these line services, some of them clearly take some of that information into account, but they can't possibly take all of it into account. So if you can identify what relevant information that you've seen that's not in their line, that's a second mistake they make. And then the third kind of mistake they make is just, I call it a modeling error. It's just math. It's just they get the wrong answer when they type in minus seven plus 10, 13 minutes left. Their math equation is just wrong there. You know, and that and that happens too. So, so um, oh no, go ahead, go. Ahead. Yeah, no. So, so those are the three main errors, and 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 you know, that's that's uh, <laughs> that's why you can find spots to bet in game is because those three errors are. It's really hard not to be making one of those three errors at, at basically any point in the game. Gotcha. So I'm glad that you brought up baseball because then now this is more of a personal question. Like I bet baseball literally every day of my life, but I feel like live betting is. I, I don't know. I, I don't see the value in it for baseball. Uh, am I wrong on that? Or, you know, just the way that I look at it, like I feel so if a runner gets on base, you know, that total, you know, that was 11 now jumps up to 12 already. Um, you know, am I wrong there in saying that it's possibly the worst value live betting sport or? I mean, it all, it, it, it all again, depends on it, it. It's about the mistakes that go into the line. So everything's random. I mean, you know, people talk about baseball. Baseball is very random. Well, yeah, it's random. I mean, this is gambling, right? So, you know, so so just kind of get past that at first and say, well, there is a 50% line, right? Like there's, there's a, what we're trying to say is 50% of the time, is it going to go over this number or under this number? Or, you know, for a money line, you know, they say, okay, the money line says 73% chance this team's going to win or not win. Well, that's, I mean, flip a coin. I mean, that's the nature of gambling is it's random. But, the question is, is that 73% number, is that a good number? You know, what side of that number is a better number? So in baseball, let's say, let's talk about Josh Hader, right? Yep. Josh Hader is one of the best pitchers in baseball. Josh Hader is going to pitch some days. Josh Hader is not going to pitch some days. And then the question is, if say you know which is which. You know Josh Hader is or isn't going to pitch today. And then now here's a line you're looking at. Well, did the person who made that line know that Josh Hader is going to pitch today or not? I'm going to tell you right now, at least for the current solutions, no. They don't know. In that line, whatever line you're looking at, there's no opinion about whether Josh Hader's going to pitch or not. So if you happen to know one way or the other, you kind of know which way to bet, especially as the game gets later on, as you get later on, as you get closer to Hader time, you know, (laughs) I mean, that number's going to get wronger and wronger. That's just one example in baseball about how you can get kind of the best of it in that situation. You just, you could bet either way if you know he's not, you know, Pitching, you bet one way. If you know he is pitching, you bet the other way because that line that you're looking at is just splitting the difference or is actually probably made without even knowing that Josh Hader exists. <laughs> that whole discussion right there bringing me right back to the DFS days when you did the uh, the single game showdowns. 
and you could use the bullpen pitchers in there. Ah, oh, man. Yep. Those those were my absolute favorite right there. Yep. Well, you see that that that's what I'm saying. Like that's that's why you know people say oh baseball. You know, it's like that stuff's like the more you learn and the the more you get into the sport, the more you can actually find you know really really strong edges. Yes. Yes, indeed. All right. So we are we're kind of nearing uh, the end of our time here, but uh, one thing that you know I saw from. Uh, the different things that you guys have done. Well, uh, was it steam chasing? I believe it's called. Uh, just the, the interesting term out there. Can you kind of explain, you know, what that is to our listeners and you know how how it could benefit? Sure. So, so again, the basic idea is that the the way the way lines get made, it it all comes down to an understanding of how lines get made. So lines get made because a sports book puts up puts up the line and they take bets and then people bet one way or the other. And whichever when they take when the book takes a bet, the line moves. So what steam chasing is is that you know dozens of sports books around the world, hundreds of sports books really, you know, that are all booking the same sport, and not all of them are taking a bet and moving. Some of them are more or less just copying some other sports book's line, and that's the one that's taking a bet and moving. Now, if the if the copying takes place instantaneously, as soon as the line moves at book A. Sportsbook C moves their line the same amount. There's no opportunity. But what steam chasing is is it's it's that they're often the way these books operate is there isn't it isn't instantaneous. The line moves one place and then it kind of sits where it was at the other place. And so the the, the key point is that it's information. All it is somebody bet enough to move the line at book A. I know that that's probably good information. And then I can use that information at, at book C or book D or whatever to potentially to find a good bet. All right. So we today we're talking with Matthew David Dow and Ed Miller. They are the authors of the book, The Logic of Sports Betting. Uh, how can people find this book and uh, also you know, get in touch with you guys on a regular basis? So thank you. So, so um, the book, as you said, is called The Logic of Sports Betting. Uh, it talks, you know, in much more depth about a lot of the stuff we really talked about here. If you like this conversation, if you want to know more, definitely pick the book up. It's available at Amazon. So you just type it into Amazon, the logic of sports betting, you will find it. Our main project is a company called Deck Prism Sports. As I said, what we're doing is we're building in-play lines for American sports. But in the meantime, we're actually displaying a lot of our in-play lines available, you know, to anyone who goes to our website. So if you go to deckprismsports.com while the game's going on we're doing most of the nfl preseason and then obviously once the regular season starts for college football and nfl we're gonna have a lot of games so go to our website and check that out a definite way to find edge is to bet our lines into the u.s sports book in play lines yeah so as i said you know that the way a lot of these books get their lines you know it's, it's a work in progress you know as far as doing a good job on it and uh we're trying to do the best job and so if you see our lines and you see a, a sports books lines you're going to be able to make some good bets and it's completely free and will be free yep right well whenever i'm out in vegas i'm definitely hitting you guys up we'll uh we'll definitely do this up the right way thank you again for uh for coming on the show today definitely uh very informative stuff out there that i think a lot of the public's going to enjoy thank you very much appreciate it this uh, was fun thanks yes absolutely all right folks once again sportspredictor.com is where you find all of our information there uh get the winning edge by subscribing to sports picks packages from long-term winning betters once again a big thank you to matthew david dow and ed miller the authors of the book the logic of sports betting we'll see you next time folks 